The night out used to be just a few pints down the pub and maybe for the adventurous the nightclub after. But now people drink before they go out and booze from the off-licence is cheaper than ever before. So how are our pubs and clubs keeping their doors open? And what difference does it make that Cork is attracting so many tourists? I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Want to simplify how you work? Combine all your lines of communication with Vodafone One Net Business. And on Red Business, we want to talk about tourism. We want to talk about how businesses in Cork are benefiting from what should be a bumper summer. So that's why we've invited our next guest in, Paul Montgomery. How are you? Hi, Jonathan. Very good. You're a clear man. Correct. How long have you been in Cork at this stage? 20 odd years. Have you been converted? Um, or a real rebel now. <laughs> <laughs> as much as one can be from For Claire. GA purposes, a rebel. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your business before we get on to the tourism side of it. Because people mightn't necessarily link all these businesses together, but they're part of what you do. I started with the Western Star many moons ago, 20 years ago at this stage. Um, went on to Reardon's and Washington Street, um, the Oliver Plunkett, which was Scott's and in a previous life, which was Scott's in our time as well. And then um, there's Preachers, there's Chambers, um, which has been a very successful LGBT um, bar. And we have other businesses like Supernova out in Balancholic, which has been very good, Children's Play Zone, and the restaurant recently, Rachel's. And we've enjoyed probably a lot of success in student accommodation circles and that, and recently sold it to UCC. So there's probably been a diversification as well as... It's a pretty um, broad portfolio if you're bringing yes. all those together, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. When you came those 20-odd years ago, was it to enter the pub trade? Um, very much so, to enter the pub trade. I didn't really know that um, I wanted to be in the pub business, but um, I was when I was working with Bank of Ireland, the Bank of Ireland Asset Management at the time, post-college, and I loved my job with them and travelled a lot with them, that most of my clients were working for themselves and maybe that's where I got the bug, was to work for myself. And initially I wanted to open a petrol station, funnily enough, and the guy I went to had a portfolio of petrol stations and he said, you stick with what you know. I didn't know a lot in business at the time. And he ended up buying the petrol station, which I didn't mind. And uh, so maybe buying a couple of houses and stuff like that at the time. And um, the Western Star came up and a very good friend of mine, I knew him back then, but I became great friends afterwards. Niall Cahalan was selling it um, for Irish and Europeans at the time before he went out on his own. And uh, Niall and myself got on well. Um, and it just seemed the right thing to do. I didn't really know. I think it was a chance probably at the time. But It's a real iconic pub, the Western Star, isn't yeah, it? it, it, you, you it didn't, did you know what you were buying? It ain't there anymore. I would have played matches in the Maradike coming down from Galway, from University in Galway, and I would have gone over to the Western Star afterwards and Starry Crowley's had a great name and um, it had changed hands but you know there was it, trade had probably gone down but I just loved it at the time and then there was a big UCC connection but the the Western Star was I suppose it just really put 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 us on the map in terms of a, a business side of it and really the, the whole pub side of it was so much different from where I was coming from banking that the 9 to 5 was, was gone but having said that then once you get into it you know and the whole part of your own boss meant more it, it was a huge leap you were, yeah. I said banking to the pub trade to the hours gone to the late nights to worrying about margins to worry about profits mm-hmm. at, at what point then did you wake up Paul and say 
I can nearly take a second one. <laughs> this yeah. one I've enjoyed so much. I, I think that going back to the theme of um, of taking a chance, you know, and I, I suppose I've always felt that maybe doing wacky things and maybe taking a chance on things in life and not really sure, but maybe your gut telling you that it's right and maybe a lot of other people advising you that things are not so right and, and it could go wrong. But I think it's something that maybe we need in business and we probably need it in Cork a lot as well. I think taking the chance and I'd have always a theory that sometimes we don't know what we want until it's in front of us, you know, and maybe I was the same always until you have it in front of you, then you realise yeah. it's right. And maybe that's what that happened with, with Reardon's really a bit, you know, it wasn't for sale. It was there. Maybe there was a fear of someone else um, coming in, doing student business there that would have taken away the business from the Western Star. And then that was the catalyst to maybe go after that. How much has it changed in the years since you started out now like back in the day you say a student trade you knew UCC yeah. was there you had a kind of a captive little audience that you knew would want to go to the pub mm. or to the nightclub what's different about it now? Everything is different I think that we are not in the drinks industry anymore I think it's a completely we're in the entertainment industry no different than you are here we are entertaining people because people can get drink now students can get it and I suppose the working population and younger and older unfortunately there's a lot of access to drink so The off trade so it's, it's yeah, the, the, well, the it's, on trade it used the, to be the, the off big trade I, I guess and, and home drinking so like drinking and going out to drink isn't really as fashionable as it was there was a time that you know Thursdays were brilliant Friday after work was brilliant all over the country like having a few drinks and people waiting for the few drinks but now with home drinking and with people getting access to drinks so cheaply and super, every supermarket having an off license, that has completely changed. So our model very much is entertaining people and that's what we're doing. So we see ourselves competi- competing with um, the cinema. We see ourselves competing with um, all other restaurants, everything There'd else. There'd be many industries, Paul, that would have taken that and thrown their hands up in the air and said, sure, it's over. Mm-hmm. No one wants to drink in the pub anymore. Yeah. I'm closing the doors. W- w- why didn't you? Well, when you owe the bank a long load of money, <laughs> you have to come up with something else. So um, I, I think that the, the entertainment side of things got really, again, interesting. And um, I suppose it's an interesting statistic that we would have with the Oliver Plunkett. And I've looked at it recently in that our spend on entertainment has gone up tenfold in four years. Um, which is phenomenal. In so what's, ent- what's entertainment? Is that live music? Live music, yeah. And um, okay, there's other elements to it, but in general, call it live music. And if you take it across the board in all the venues and live music and real entertainment, so people can actually come into your venue for an event. So it's event-driven, it's experiential. and But as a result, our profitability has gone up three or fourfold, which has been phenomenal. And like that... That is the key. Has that's where you know when you do feel like throwing your hands up in the air and you do try something like that. And I suppose the whole and that built into the tourism side of it. We've really focused on the visitors. We mm. focused on people who are off, right? So it's very hard to really focus entertainment on you and me if we're working all day and, and facing into work tomorrow morning. But if somebody's on holidays or somebody's on a business trip, they'll want to be out tonight. And isn't that different? Because years ago, midweek in Cork is be quiet. Maybe there's the odd student, like maybe Tuesday or Thursday, that people yeah. would want to go out mm-hmm. as a tradition night out but mm. the other nights were dead has yeah. that changed now because we've seen what Dublin has done with Temple Bar we know what it's like if you go to London for the weekend or, or maybe you go midweek any city in the UK there's always a little bit of life out yeah. there yeah and I guess it's because again that maybe we're lucky in Cork in that we have a big pharmaceutical industry we have a tech industry with Apple and with EMC and a lot of a lot of big multinationals based here and 
in an element of, of those companies, a huge element are people visiting, coming into Cork, working for the week and visiting them. And, you know, I know the EMC obviously will take in people, customers coming in to view their products. And that's happening in a lot of other industries. And they have to go out at night. They're looking to go out and experience something at night time. So our focus isn't the weekends. Our focus is seven nights a week. No different than shops are open or anyone that's trading they have to look at the business seven days a week, not just on a short period of three or four days and nights. Talk about food, because food used to be the reserve of, of restaurants only, mm-hmm. and that's changed an awful lot as well. And tourists expect now not to walk into a pub with a sticky floor where they can only drink. Yes. They expect more, don't they? They do, yeah. And recently, when Doreen Allen spoke in Rachel's restaurant and as part of the of the tourism initiative and, and the Visit Cork, she said an interesting thing that every pub in Cork should have something available for Fiverr for people. So that's one element of it, right? And then on the other side of it, we have to have a broad range of um, of offerings to suit somebody who wants to spend 100 euros. So that's the that's the broad range that we need to be and the space we need to be in. And yes, the standards are high. Yes, the HSE watch very closely what you're doing. And it's only right. And the other part of that then is the authenticity. And again, Doreen has spoke a lot about that, that if, you, if you're if you selling um, Gubin bacon, you make sure it is that and it's not fake, you know. And to use Trump's term, you know, fake news, fake everything is, <laughs> is what it ruin is. But Cork has a huge reputation for food, but it'll only continue if we make sure it's authentic and genuine. We're going to talk with a panel in a little while about hotels and, and the wider um, challenges facing the industry. Mm. But one of the big things that's always pointed out as risky is if we, if we overprice, if we price ourselves out of the market, the tourists yeah. will stop coming and it takes longer to recover. Do you agree with that? Well, I, I, I look at it different, right? I, I can't, maybe in many, in many respects, I can't agree with that because the one thing I've learned over the years is, and I'll continue to push that, is we have to make a margin. So we cannot, we have to pay our suppliers a fair price. We have to price it up. We have to get a margin. So it's on that basis that we sell our product. If I was coming at it from the other angle, from completely the consumer's point of view, which we do, like we look at the consumer experience, and that value can be given in many different ways. It can be given in service. It can be given in quality. It can be given in going back, back to authenticity. I don't think we can go on the price model, you know, and I don't think we'll survive. In our industry, we won't survive if we're to pay wages and pay expenses. I think that business like ours and trading business needs to look at it on the quality side. I reckon mm. if we focus in Cork on the quality, whether it's in food or drink or any other services, that's the winner. And people will pay if it's explained to them properly. Yeah, and, and, and that's it. It's all about the offering, isn't it? it? Is, Which is yeah. why Visit Cork, is that going to work? How, how are we going, like you look at the the marketing budgets of all like Board Falche or mm. Tourism Ireland as they are now, mm. maybe competing cities like mm. Visit Birmingham or Visit Munich or whatever. Yeah. They've got big budgets. How is Visit Cork going to fit into that market? Well, I think it's interesting if you even arrive in Cork Airport, which I did on Wednesday night and um, after coming back from the UK and you see that you have the Ireland's Ancient East on one side and you have the Wild Atlantic Way on the other. So we're kind of neither and we're both, you know. So that's interesting. So that's exactly what probably trying to do with the Visit Cork campaign and Ursula Morris is heading up a very, very good campaign there with a very experienced bunch of people. So we have one little slot to make Cork happen in that tourism. Make Cork great again. <laughs> make Go Cork back to great Trump. again, yes. <laughs> Cork is great. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, and Claire is great as well. <laughs> but anyway, but if but we have the Wild Atlantic Way there, we don't have it here. But I think we have we have what the maritime paradise is something that's really been pushed. And like we want to look down at the port of Cork and look at the development that's going to happen there. And that's very important in tandem with what we're doing. And we have we have a group of Americans coming over looking at building a forty story tower. And I mean investing 150 million into our city and that bravery mm. I mean so you, we we can't take the the tourism in isolation to the development to the trading businesses to our welcome you know so I think the visit Cork will happen because there's buy-in from all the various stakeholders particularly Cork City Council and Cork County Council yeah. and very good people like Jeremani who are pushing this because going back to what we said at the outset the tourism piece is the most important piece for our city What's next for you? I mean, like you've all you listed all the successful businesses there where'd you go now? I mean you've you've, you've done so much what's next barbados <laughs> no. um i'm i'm in, i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the city i'm enjoying working here and i'm just exactly what's next we don't know what's going to come next i said it again let's take a chance on things let's let's try some things that are not or maybe a bit left to center and look forward to seeing what happens and again maybe with the with the hope that and i have always believed again that we don't know what people really want until they see it in front of them. So if we take a chance on doing things and maybe make people happy, make people smile and just be positive, I think that we really, really need a positive attitude. We have it in the Cork City and support the positive people and that's important. I've saved the most difficult question for last. Oh, no. That's what the interviewers always <laughs> should do. When it comes to the Munster final now in a few weeks and as Cork versus Clare, yes. how, how do you settle that one? Well, look, it was made a lot easier by the match not happening <laughs> because it was going to have a lot of clear people visiting for the week and I'd have to keep them happy and then keep the Corklands happy afterwards anyway. But um, we've had this before. We've had an All-Ireland final in 2013. Twice. Yeah, we yeah. had and, and, and had a replay. twice that time. And got, no, and got the best. And this year, the league has gone, uh, the league match has gone in favour of Cork. I think that Cork are the better team this year and I think that Cork deserve to win the Munster final and all Oh, I can't wait to play this. I'm going to send this straight to Clare <laughs> FM to see what one of their own is after saying But I love them. the banners. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Montgomery, wish every success. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Cheers, Jonathan. Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Combine all your lines of communication and simplify the game. Search Vodafone One Net Business today. Now on Red Business, we want to talk about the business of hotels and tourism here in Cork because it is the summer, which means it is busy. And look, if you're trying to get a hotel room in Cork right now, it's proving to be rather problematic because there's so many people who want to stay in our fine city. Well, to discuss this with me now, we have the general manager of the Hayfield Manor Hotel, TJ Mulcahy. TJ, how are you? Very well, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Stephen you. Belton, who is at the Gary Vaux Hotel, is with us. Hello, Stephen. Hi, Jonathan, how are you? I'm good, and we've Sharon Corcoran, Director of Cork County Council, who has responsibility for tourism. Sharon, hello. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Lovely to talk to you all. Um, I want to begin, first of all, with you, TJ. I suppose you're you're the high end of the market, the five-star, the, mm-hmm. the Hayfield Market. Just very posh, isn't it? Fierce posh Fierce altogether. Posh altogether. Fierce posh. Um, <laughs> what is demand like right now for staying in the hotel? Um, I suppose we're, look, we're, we're, at this, we're at the time of year now where we need to make a... And uh, so to speak, so to speak, exactly. <laughs> well, the sun is shining for us. Uh, it's look this time of year we're we're ninety percent plus. Um, it's 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 our time of year. I suppose we welcome a lot of guests from from all over the world. Um, into Cork and uh, obviously we we have a beautiful uh, property uh, in the in the in the city. I guess um, and it's the the five star in the city as well. So yeah, it's 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 a very busy time for us. All how, our teams. How competitive is it 
in that market? Because we have a lot of five-star hotels around the city, not necessarily mm-hmm. in town, but further out you go to the Castle Martyrs and so on. Is it a little cutthroat between you all? Um, I, you know what? I, I don't think it is. I think we have to revert. I, I mean, I have a great relationship. I'm only here three months in, uh, in, in Cork, I suppose, and I've already got a good relationship with my surrounding hotels, with, with, with all the other hotels around our area, including the five-star hotels. Uh, you know, we're members of obviously the Irish Hotel Federation and we need to work together. I guess we need to collaborate. And uh, there's obviously uh, um, many, many different reasons for guests coming into the city and coming into the county. And I suppose it's, it's up to us as, as people representing our, our industry to make sure that they're equally shared out as well. And, uh, and, and a lot of those, those people that are coming on the circuit anywhere are going down into the city and then on down to, the, to West Cork or down on, on into, into Kerry as well. So I think it's important that we, we do work together and, and we kind of have that basis. You know, not even just with the hotel business, but I think also with the the city council and the county councils with within um, Cork as well. I think it's very important that we're all working together, and with um, also the the chamber of commerce as well in Cork. I think it's fantastic. I've I've met all these people, and I'm only here three months, so that'll tell you <laughs> that it is working, and people are talking, and and I know already so many hoteliers within the city, so. You know, I think it's important that we do work together. Well, you're a Kerry man originally, aren't you? Yes, well, I'm a bit of a border case, yeah, but yeah, Kerry man through and through. Yeah. Well, sure, you, you can go back and tell the rest of the county now how lovely we are here in Cork. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk uh, with Stephen. Stephen, Garyvo Hotel, from the city down to beautiful yeah. East Cork. What's it been like for you for the last couple of weeks? Has it been busy? Ah, yeah, it has. It's been fantastic. Now. I mean, the good weather, good weather has helped. Um, but tourists, I mean, the tourists are there. There's a kind of a confidence domestically as well that you're seeing more so now this year than last year. Um, we're seeing people kind of come down midweek as well, more so this year than last year. Uh, overseas, US is up, Germany is up, UK is a little bit funny at the moment. Well, you see, it's easy for us to go there right now, yeah. but it's more difficult for them to come it here. It is, it's, it's more a expensive. Bit, they're, they're, I don't know, you know, so the US is up, Germany's up, and Central European are up, you know. But domestically, we're, we get a lot of domestic business down midweek um, and weekends, and uh, it, 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 we're enjoying a good year. I wouldn't say an excellent year, a good year, very good year. The weather a couple of weeks ago, when the sun was out and we had the heat wave, yeah, they the went whole, bonkers. It, yeah, it must have been absolutely mental. Yeah, everybody went ballistic and bonkers. Yeah, I mean, they all. <laughs> Is just... that a good or a bad thing when you have that level of footfall in a hotel where you're trying to maintain the hotel experience? I, you, you look, you, you raise your game. You know, when you get up in the morning and see the sunshine, you go, okay, fine, let's, let's get let's get stuck into it. You know, um, you just have to keep your head, um, and you, we're geared to it. You can you can ramp up very easily. You can ramp up, you know, very very easily in both hotels, and we have one in, the, in Ballycotton as well, in beautiful Ballycotton as well. And you know when the weather's good, people are going to come to the sea. It's obvious, you know. Um, and, and you get extra business out of it, presumably. You do, you do. And you, and, and, and you love it because you, you're not going to get it in the middle of November. So, you know, you have to. That's the nature of the business. You take it when you can get it. You know, it's, it's like anything that you have to be hungry for the business. Um, Sharon Corcoran uh, from Cork County Council. In many ways, Sharon, people wouldn't expect the council to be involved in tourism you've got a lot of other things going on but wh- what role does it have? Okay um, yes you're right Jonathan I suppose people don't expect the local authorities but the local authorities have been there for many years in terms of providing public infrastructure but more latterly I suppose since the gathering and the Special Olympics there has been a national recognition that the local authorities play a very very important role in the whole delivery of the tourism product um, and with that in mind our current minister Minister Shane Ross um, required the delivery of tourism plans from all local authorities. So in March of this year, all local authorities were required to produce a tourism strategy. But I think it's important to say that here in Cork, both Cork City Council and Cork County Council have been collaborating together for many years in developing the tourism product. I was interested to hear TJ say there a while ago about collaboration. Collaboration is key. 
I think collaboration between all the stakeholders, the local authorities, Fault Ireland, Tourism Ireland, the Hotel Federation, uh, the um, product providers, the experience providers, the the transport providers, chambers of commerce, etc. It is absolutely critical. So I suppose our role, we have three roles really, right? We facilitate, we provide and we finance. And I think an important part of this is the financing. Yeah, well, what do you finance? Okay, so we finance. I'll give you an example. In the last five years, Cork County Council alone has spent 13 million euro in uh, on the tourism product. So I'll mention things like Spike Island, Fort Camden, the Yall Clockgate and Tower, the Mizzen Head, you know, the, the, the Mizzen Bridge, um, the Michael Collins Museum, the Jersey Cable Car, and that's just in Cork County. Now, a, lot of, a, a lot of them aren't self-financing, so you're not charging a huge amount of people to come through the door. So that's coming from the public person. Absolutely, it? absolutely. Um, I don't think these experiences will ever be self-financing because they require very large capital infrastructure. Um, and we work very closely mostly with Fault Ireland in securing sometimes grants through the capital fund scheme. Um, but really, it's the local taxpayer is mm. contributing to this. Uh, an initiative was introduced by Cork County Council a few years ago. One percent of the annual rate is put aside into an economic development fund. And a percentage of that is spent on marketing and promoting tourism in Cork, in developing the product and in collaborating with stakeholders to make sure that we're marketing the whole of Cork. I want to come back to the idea of it being the middle of peak season right now for the hotels. And, and to speak to, to both Stephen and TJ about this it's an expensive time to book into a hotel like anyone who's been looking online is going to tell you that is that a problem that people who want to go in the domestic market right who aren't coming from abroad are looking maybe at putting a few extra bob into the five star or maybe looking at putting a few extra bob and going to the beach and they look at the prices and go can't afford that is that a big issue for you guys well from the from the beach side things from the rural rural you know side perspective against the city I don't think, I honestly, and you know, when the Celtic Tiger roared, I don't think it roared that much down in rural Ireland. Um, let's be brutal about it. I mean, um, it didn't roar in, in rural Ireland. Did you I put d- down a few difficult years down in Gary Paul? Yeah, I wouldn't say difficult. I'd say that every, every hotel put down difficult years, you know, in rural Ireland. I mean, and maybe in the cities, but definitely, I mean, we everybody tightened their belt. And if, if you run your business properly and, and you, you provide a good service, you'll you get through it. You know, if, if you don't look at the financial side of things and watch your costs, you won't get through it. But come back to the rate. Um, again, if your rate is too high, you won't get the business. You know, so it, you you can't just rural Ireland. There isn't a capacity issue in rural Ireland, so you can't look at capacity bumping the rate up. So capacity doesn't affect rate in rural Ireland. You know, so if you want to attract business in, you have to match the rate. The rate has to be competitive. So you know, um, we don't look at capacity issues in East Cork or West mm. Cork or Kerry in in the rural side of things. Now, again, in the city. It's again, it's product. You're going to buy the product. You're going to pay for. Well, that's it. And and I suppose you know, if, if we yeah. if we come to you, TJ, you've got the five star yeah. product, so you're able to charge more for that. But when there's a capacity problem in the city, you know, there's an issue, and and it's not like the rural areas. There, I mean, if you're trying to book a hotel in Cork City, you're going to struggle to get a room at short notice. You need to book it a few weeks out, don't you? You do, and but at the same time, I will say, Jonathan, we actually I've noticed in the last I suppose year or two that the lead in times for bookings are actually becoming shorter and shorter which tells me then that there's actually guests arriving into Ireland Ireland, and they're actually only booking when they arrive. So there must be still space available for those guests as well. Um, and that and that we've noticed with our lead-in times for, for bookings. Do we need more hotels then? I, I, I mean, again, seasonality is a thing. I mean, obviously, the, you could argue there's, there's Two se- there's two big seasons as the winter and the, and the summer and obviously a lot of hotels have, have a corporate base that they can rely on or a, bus- a business base that other rural hotels may not have 
I don't I don't think in Cork that I, personally in Cork I think that there is probably there's probably room if the convention centre was to go ahead or um or one one big investment um then yes I would say probably there's there is definitely a need as long as we can attract that business and as Dublin fills obviously the more Dublin fills people will look to other cities people will look to to, to Cork so is is that the challenge that's facing Cork Sharon we need to kind of build that market to, to draw in more people from the domestic market the external market maybe act mm-hmm. as a bit of an overflow for Dublin Yeah absolutely I think everybody would accept Dublin is reaching or has reached capacity that's the message that we're hearing um, and Cork definitely can take up the slack in my view and we hear this con- constantly from the Irish Hotels Federation uh, I just want to mention one uh, initiative that really fits into to, to what you're asking there Cork City Cork County the airport um, the various stakeholders have come together recently to develop an initiative called Visit Cork. You've probably heard of it, uh, both Stephen and TJ. And the primary purpose of Visit Cork is to develop Cork's destination brand. Um, and that really is the big challenge for all the stakeholders in Cork. See, we people, all know people get very confused. They hear destination brand. What Absolutely. Does that mean? What it means basically is why do you come to Cork? And that's the simple question. Why? What makes Cork different? What differentiates Cork? Has it got something iconic? Is it the experience? Is it the food? Is it the people? And that really is the message that we're trying to get out there. We need to market Cork, raise its profile and convince ourselves as well that we have a good product here in Cork. Mm. We have. We have a fabulous product. But we need to collaborate constantly all the stakeholders in the industry, which we're doing. Fault Ireland, Tourism Ireland, um, Visit Cork, which is the city and the county councils, the port, the airport and Indeed, the airport is doing fantastic work and won yeah. an award recently in, in developing routes and to it, the North American and market. And to, to the hotel guys, to Stephen and TJ, are we seeing that coming through? Are we seeing more tourists, like, for example, we have the transatlantic flights about to start. Are you going to see benefit from that, TJ? Yeah, I mean, obviously it'll start in July, I think, um, um, the, the, the route. So, I mean... We rely, I suppose, very much on the on the US and Canadian markets in this in the summertime, and we rely on our agents, our luxury agents, our celebrated and our virtuoso agents who send business to us. So, I mean, we we're already we already witnessed that, and I'm just saying in the in the in, I suppose the five star market, probably different maybe for um, other markets in the four star and the three star again where there is more volume of of hotels as well. Um, but for us, I think you know the U.S. market is definitely something that we we see we see a lot of, and, and over seventy, probably over 70 percent of our business would be from there. I have to ask the obvious question, lads. Do you get a lot of money, customers, given out about never, no. absolutely <laughs> never. Why, Not why in don't the slightest. why don't I believe that? But have people's expectations of what they get from a hotel changed over the years? You know, years ago, you'd have gotten a half broken television, uh, maybe you'd have gone to the bar, and there might have been a, a guy serving if you were lucky. I mean. Have people do people expect more from I, their hotel nowadays? They massively do. I mean, even domestically, definitely, and, and even overseas. I mean, yeah, I have to not blow on your own trumpet. I mean, if you if you stay in hotels in Ireland, whether it be three, four, or five star hotels, the standard hotels is excellent. I have to say, Com- and I'm not blowing your own trumpet. No, but compared, compared to, to other, other hotels, like you go to a three star yeah. hotel in Italy or a four star yeah. hotel, it's there's no brutal. doubt about that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you do look. Every customer is different. Every customer is different, and you react to the, what they, what they want, and it's an experience. And, and whether they're in good form or bad form, you just raise your game to, to make it. Turn Turn it around sometimes. An old hotel you turn around to me and said, "If you get a negative, turn it around, and it could could turn into a positive if you handle it properly." Um, but money, I wouldn't class. I wouldn't use the phrase money. <laughs> But um, um, interesting. <laughs> I would use the phrase interesting. Yeah. Discerning. 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 Yeah. That's the yeah, word. That's yeah, the yeah. word. Discerning. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it, look, the hotel business is
Can I ask the prospects? I mean, how, how confident is everybody in the room? We'll go to you, Sharon, first of all. What are the prospects for Tourism Cork right now? Well, we're very, very confident as local authorities, again, <clears throat> working with the various stakeholders in, in, in the region, um, chatting to uh, to the Kevin Cullinan in uh, Cork Airport. He indicates that, you know, booking is good for the North American market, for the, the launch of the Norwegian and Wow Air. There's a high expectation that the North American market will continue to grow. We have a fabulous product here and we need to capitalise on that and try and get repeat visitors. Okay. So I'm, I, I'd be very positive. TJ, briefly to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fantastic city. I'm only here three months. I think everyone everyone already is working well together. Um, I have met already many, many different um, parts of the of the of of our industry and also of the uh, tourism industry as a whole, I think. So uh, I definitely think if we keep going in that vein, we're, we're heading in the right direction. And Stephen? Uh, yeah, I think the, I think if the collaboration works, you know, and I will work, I think the, the I have to think about the county as well, you know, the county and Absolutely. the county yeah. and the city. <laughs> I think if you compare us to Kerry, compare us to Dublin and Connemara and all that stuff, I think we do. We have to really push on a bit because we're competing with really good, really good um, Markets, destinations. Yeah. Okay. We really have to work hard at it. Look, here's hoping it's going to be a great summer for everybody involved in the tourist sector in Cork. Uh, to the discerning hotel guests, uh, we, we tip our hat. TJ Mulcahy uh, of the Hayfield Manor, Stephen Belton of the Gary Vaux Hotel and Sharon Corcoran from Cork County Council. Thank you all for joining us in Red Thanks, Business. Jonathan. Thank, Thank you. you. Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Teams work better when you simplify the game. Search Vodafone One Net Business today. And that is it from this episode. My thanks to all of our guests this week. First time in history the word Langerlode has been used in a radio programme. It's a good word. Feel free to use it at your leisure this week. If you or your business wants to get involved in this podcast, do drop me a tweet to at Jonathan Healy or at Red FM Business. We'll catch you on the next one.